Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a joy to share the word uh, once again. I consider it a great privilege not only sharing the word but also studying the word. Amen. Something good is going to happen every time we pray and every time we read the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this precious time. Uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we ask you to move mightily in our midst. Hallelujah. Touch every heart today. Touch every heart today. We have come here, Daddy, to receive from you and not to receive from any man. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will give us the grace to prepare our hearts to receive from you and that we will go back edified and equipped for the days to come. We give you all praise and glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you. Have your way. Have your way. And I say pray. I sense the name Anila, and I believe that uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit is uh, preparing you in a very precious way. The Holy Spirit is equipping you uh, for um, the days to come, uh, for the ministry that the Holy Spirit is going to uh, entrust you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! I sense that the Lord is releasing the heart of compassion in many people today. The heart of compassion, Father. I want to thank you for. You move in our midst. You move in our midst. I believe that the Holy Spirit is healing type 1 diabetes. Hallelujah. Father, I pray faith over the congregation. Faith over the church. Hallelujah. Lord, when you say something, we want to say yes and amen to that. And we want to see that happen in our lives, Daddy. We pray that with our lives that that everything, every plan of yours, we will steward it according to the will of God. Oh, we thank you. As a church, we want to humble down today. And we pray that you will equip us. You will strengthen us. Or oh, we are a house that is built on the rock, on your word, on you, Daddy. And we will not fall. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. We want to give you all praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to encourage each one of you to be, to be ready with an attitude of allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you. Amen. I believe today, I believe today as you, um, as you um, uh, cooperate with the Holy Spirit, I believe as you allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse you, touch you, and heal you, uh, I believe you will see tremendous healing from some of the sicknesses. Some of the sicknesses. Amen. So I'm preaching today in continuation of the sermon I shared here on 24th July with the title Love Restores. So we saw from the scripture 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 verse, to 3, verse 1 to 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging symbol. Very famous scripture portion. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, though that, so that I could m- remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. The Holy Spirit is trying to talk to us, preach to us, that love is so inevitable in our Christian walk. Love is an unavoidable component in our ministry. If we are not able to walk in love, sometimes we might be able to do our work by tapping into the grace of God. Sometimes we might be able to see signs and wonders in our ministries because of the gift that God has given us. But the scripture from this portion, I understand that even if all the other things happen, Okay, Even if all the other things happen, and if I am not able to walk in this love, not the love that I think of, if I'm not, able to think, uh, I'm not able to walk in this love, there is a possibility that my life is going to count to nothing. Amen? I was thinking, Lord, you, would have been, you should have been a little more kind. You should have said, uh, it accounts to something. Yeah? But the scripture says actually, if I'm not able to walk in love, it accounts to nothing. That's how critical, that's how important is that we should walk in love. So what did we do? We spoke about love and then we are so familiar with this portion, I decided that actually I'll put you into a test. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I remember that encouraged you to uh, take an assessment yeah so we had our love score and after the service some of them actually came to me and said pastor we failed we failed miserably pastor we have only negative marks yeah even if you give moderation we will not pass faster yeah uh, uh, so i was telling them actually everyone starts there yeah i think the first uh, i want to really appreciate you for uh, taking that assessment because that helps us to know that we need to humble down before the Lord. And I was telling them actually all these negative stars are actually doing the ministry. Yeah? People with these top negative scores are doing the ministry and then we are asking God why you are not moving mightily. Lord, where are those miracles and wonders? Yeah? And the Lord is looking for a heart that can love. Amen? A heart that can love. So, so I, one of the things that I really, uh, one of the aspects I really love about this love is that we cannot produce it. It was a little difficult in the beginning uh, that, that uh, Lord, uh, because every time we read these portions, we read these uh, scripture portions, it can really condemn us sometimes. It can create a guilt in us. Lord, I spoke rudely to that person. I'm not able to have this love. And next time we are thinking that, actually, okay, this person, if he behaves like this, I'm going to love him. Yeah? That's what we are, going to, uh, we are thinking. But that day, surprisingly, someone else is going to offend us. Yeah? And we didn't think that. We didn't plan that. We were shocked and we were taken by surprise and we again fumbled. I, one of the things that I love about the things of God is that we cannot manufacture it. We cannot produce it. We cannot think and make it. But it has to be received. Amen? It has to be received. Will you, t- uh, will you tell your neighbor, it has to be received. Amen? So I found it easier, that it's, it's, it's better to spend time in prayer, humbling down before the Lord, and asking the Lord, Lord, will you give me that love that you're talking about? Rather than finding out the Greek and Hebrew and all those, I, I think that's good to study about it, but the moment I understood that actually it is not from me or it is not a result of any man's thinking, 
I understood it is so important for us to humble down before the Lord. Lord, what you are talking about this love, the Lord, the behavior that you are talking about, I am not able to produce. Will you help me? And even for the slightest progress, what I saw in my life was that a humbling was required. A humbling before the Lord was required. And when we humble down, the Lord will help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today I want to talk about, so I, I think I spoke about all these things in the last sermon. If you, have, if you missed it, you can uh, check in the YouTube. That will be a great blessing to you. Today I want to talk about the first characteristic that is mentioned about this love. So four or five verses have been clearly mentioned about this agape love in the scripture. And the first thing that's, uh, that is mentioned about this love is that this love forgives. Amen. This love forgives. Or in English, different versions are different. In Malayalam, it says, Love suffers long. For time being, let's keep away that long. Let's start about uh, talking about forgiving first. Yeah? So love forgives. The Bible says, if you have this love, you cannot walk in unforgiveness. If this love is operating in you, then unforgiveness cannot come into this equation. It doesn't match with this love. The first and foremost characteristic of this love is that this love forgives. So we're going to talk about, we're going to learn about how we can operate in this forgiving love. But before that, will you ask your neighbor, is your love forgiving? Speak very politely, okay? It's a very sensitive area, okay? Very sensitive area. Don't ask two or three questions. Just only one question. Is your love forgiving? Sometimes if they are not allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to them, we will talk to them. Yeah? Yeah? So is, uh, and everything I talk about you, I'm also included. We all are in a journey. As a church, we are in a journey of loving Jesus and loving people. Because there is no ministry without the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. So this love forgives. Why is this love always forgiving? Because anything that comes from God attests or anything that comes from God stands in line with the plan of God. What is the plan of God? We can see in Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. Here, Apostle Paul is talking about that they are striving, they are working hard, we are suffering. Why? Because when Jesus comes, we want to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Apostle Paul is saying that the only way wherein when Jesus returns, a person can be perfect is only through Jesus Christ and we are striving for that. For somebody to be perfect, we all know that they need another chance. For somebody to be perfect, they need somebody to walk with them. For somebody to be perfect, we need to know that they need to be believed again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why when this love comes into our life, when we receive this greatest love from Jesus, this love will always encourage us to forgive and believe in another person. I'm not talking about, okay, you forgive that person, that person again offend you, hit you, you again forgive, okay, let's play this game. No, 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 not about that. I'm talking about forgiving from your spirit so that you can walk in the freedom of Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ died on the cross because He wanted each one of us to walk in freedom. 
Amen. What is freedom? Freedom is not the ability to do whatever we want. True freedom is the ability to do what Jesus wants in our life. Hallelujah. True freedom is the ability to do will of God all the time. Hallelujah. So this love of God will be always pro-forgiving. Because this love will encourage us to not only fulfill the plan of God in our lives, but also to be with the other person so that he will also be found perfect at the return of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak to your neighbor, this is forgiving love. But the problem is, we know of an enemy who is very hardworking and cunning. Yeah? The moment... He knows that God has a plan to present every person perfect in Christ Jesus. The moment enemy knows that actually, okay, Jesus is returning back to take his bride with him, the enemy wants to somehow cause chaos. The enemy wants to somehow cause a reduction in the number of people whom the Lord is going to take to heaven. And that is why he is trying a different or a very common way of deception which he uses that is to bring offenses. Bring offenses in the life of people because somehow he is trying hard to say that Jesus, you died in vain. These guys, they, if we give one offense into their midst, they will fight and they will die within themselves. Yeah? And if you won't give a blessing, they will be upset with you too. Forgiving the, forgetting the fact that actually you died for them. So the enemy wants to somehow prevent us and the whole body of Christ from being perfect at the return of Jesus. The enemy is opposing the plan of God. That is why one of his active weapon against mankind is to cause offenses. Offenses. The Greek word for offense is called scandalon. Okay? That doesn't mean sadness, depression. That doesn't mean fight. The actual word meaning of that word scandalon in Greek means a noose, a trap, a snare. Yeah? That word doesn't mean that actually, okay, somebody wronged somebody and the other person was right and this person was bad. There are different... This word, scandalon, means trap, news, snare. So the first point I want to put forward today is, if you are offended, you are in the trap. Now the most important thing is not to debate who is right. The most important thing is to come out of that snare. The most important thing is to be delivered of that trap. Amen? And one of the things about this trap and this news is that we won't feel that we are in this trap in the beginning. We feel that choking effect only when it is tightened. Yeah? So initially when we brood over that offense or when we meditate, or when we enjoy that the other person was really ungodly, and I am the victim, when we, when we work on that, when we meditate on that, we have a nice feeling maybe, because the news is not having a good knot on your neck. Yeah? But this is not going to give any benefit in our lives. The word scandalon means news, or a trap, 
or a snare. So this is the first important point I want all of us to remember today that based on this information, I'm going to take a decision. I am not getting into any kind of fight from this day onwards. I am not going to be offended. I'm not going to say that actually, okay, everybody from this day onwards is going to do all the right things. Or I'm not going to say that, okay, I'm going to agree to what everyone says. I'm saying that actually, I'm going to guard my heart. Because being offended is not going to help me first, and it is not going to help anybody. Amen. Amen. So the enemy is thinking, if I can get this person trapped into this noose, then actually he'll get the enemy wrong. Because the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, that we do not, everybody say do not, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The moment we are offended, the enemy is often successful to take our eyes away from the real enemy, that is devil, to either God, who is the perfect one, or to some people, or to self, who are imperfect. Yeah? The enemy has been successful if you have been offended. That he somehow deceived you by saying that, okay, that person who spoke to you in an indifferent way, oh, he is your enemy. But the scripture says the truth that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not have war with any person. Why? Because all these persons are people whom we should win for Jesus. How can we win somebody if we fight with that person? That is why the love of God has the wisdom of God. The love of God has flown into our heart through the Holy Spirit, carrying the wisdom of God. I've seen many people. I have been through days wherein I couldn't move forward because of the offenses I nurtured in my heart. And I'm sure that each one of us have had those instances, have had those seasons and as a church, let's move forward, not getting stuck in certain offenses. In any of these offenses. Why? Because we need to learn this art of overcoming offenses. I'll come to that later. So, today God is going to give us the grace to humble down. Because I, even though I have few four or five steps of how to forgive and all, I think this is not rocket science. Yeah? I don't think uh, uh, many needs that coaching or teaching to forgive because it is a decision. Yeah? It is a decision that I need to forgive. We need to first know why we need to forgive. Yeah? So let's check this scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. I have a strange feeling that today am I becoming too hard on all of us? I'm not that good pastor, I feel. Yeah? Uh, because this scripture itself, I feel, is very direct. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, for if you, God is putting a conditional statement there. For if you forgive men their trespasses. Some people, when they talk about their offenses, then their hurts, they say, but pastor, he did like that. But pastor, she did like that. But pastor, my husband, my wife did like that. So, 
after a while I asked them, so are you talking that they did something bad, right? Yes, pastor. I said, that's why the Bible says forgive that. Or else are you trying to forgive some right act? We are supposed to forgive wrongdoings, my beloved. Yeah? But pastor, this has been too much. I said, I understand. But I am not a so-called counselor. I love counseling. But I am the steward of this gospel. I am the shepherd of this gospel. And the gospel says you have to forgive. And are you saying that there are grades of sins, grade 1 sin, grade 2 sin, grade 3 offense? So which one we should forgive? We need to forgive wrongdoings. I'm making it very clear to each one of us today. We need to forgive wrongdoings. If somebody errs, if somebody does a wrongdoing, something injustice to us, the scripture says that we need to be forgiving. Why should we forgive? Matthew chapter 6 verse 14. If you forgive, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Plain English. Very hard. I think the Holy Spirit is making it little more clear in the next verse. But if you do not whatsoever reason. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Today I want to make this revelation to you, statement to you. There is no room for unforgiveness in the scripture. There is no room for unforgiveness in the kingdom of God. If you say any excuse before the Lord for your unforgiveness, I want to tell you based on the scripture, it will not stand. Okay, you can say that actually I have been treated uh, very badly. Oh, that person misbehaved. The Lord will understand. The Lord will help you. I believe the Holy Spirit will heal you. I believe the Lord will lift you when you humble down before the Lord. But if you say, Lord, that person did to me and I will not forgive according to the scripture, I want to tell you that that will not stand. Because the scripture will call it pride. The Bible is making it clear that if we do not forgive, we cannot receive forgiveness from the Father. We will not be in a spiritually safe place, safe position before the Lord if we are not taking a step to forgive. Amen? Amen? I'm I'm so sorry that I have to preach this, but I'm here to preach this. Hallelujah. There is another parable, Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 to 35. That talks about, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like. The scripture is bringing out a facet of the kingdom of heaven. A picture, an aspect of the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. What is it that we understand from the servant? There is a settling of accounts. There is a settling of accounts based on forgiving. Hallelujah. And the Bible is making it very clear that the kingdom of heaven is like this. 
Yeah, there is a settling of accounts with the servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Somebody owed the king 10,000 talents. And I'll make it quick. He was not able to repay. So the king is asking him, hey, you just sell everything, your wife, your children, sell everything and repay. But he pleaded to the master saying, Master, I am not able to. I will repay in due time. And the master just waved it off. Nice master. And till now the scene is absolutely fine. Yeah? This is absolutely fine. And then what happens? Then, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. The servant owed the king 10,000 talents. And as he went out, so the king waved this 10,000 talents. And then as the servant went out, he saw his fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii. And he laid hands on him, not to pray, and took him by the throat. Yeah? And took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. He was merciless to that person. He was merciless. And the master knew of this. Then his master, after he had called him and said to him, You wicked servant. Why was he called wicked? This is for us to take this deep down into our spirit. Why was this person called wicked? I forgive you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Oh, is this that Father God I know? The Bible is saying, and this master delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So, this verse is very strong. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart. Okay? What is the standard of forgiveness? From his heart. Not just from your mouth. Ah, sorry. Yeah? I have made some mass punch dialogues to people when I was really offended. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've spoken very scripturally saying that, Brother, I think when I got saved, God had you in mind. <laughs> I have told many people, it's your luck that I got saved. Don't forgive like that. Yeah. I've told people that actually I don't feel like forgiving you but I'm a child of God yeah. I love God that's why I'm forgiving you the Bible says so my heavenly father I was thinking actually if I didn't repent how would God would have been behaving to me so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. The Bible is making it very clear that God is very high, uncompromising in the topic of forgiving. Hallelujah. 
Am I hurting you? I believe it is good to get hurt for the right reasons. Yeah? I have seen a lot of people, they are not able to move forward. They are stuck in different seasons of their life because of some unforgiveness that they are carrying in their spirit, in their heart. We need not carry that hurt. We need not carry that unforgiveness in our mind, in our body, because, because we have a heavenly Father who is able to take care of us irrespective of what man will do to us. Hallelujah. So why should we forgive? Point number one, it is the mandate of heaven. There is no room for unforgiveness in heaven or in the scripture, in before, uh, before the, the, the Father. If by any chance you speak any excuses to the Lord in prayer, He will not approve. You want to ask 100 confirmations to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will keep confirming, forgive, forgive, forgive. Sometimes we ask confirmation to somehow get this thing away. Yeah? Somehow get this away. But anytime you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, should I forgive? Holy Spirit will try to lift both hands if possible. Yeah? Forgive, 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 forgive. That is the plan of God. That is the will of God. That is heaven-like. Hallelujah. Point number two. Studies have proved that. Genuine scientific studies have proved that. Unforgiveness affects our health. John Hopkins University. You might be knowing it's a very famous university known for research. Very famous for complicated, um, I mean, um, successful uh, surgeries of complicated um, issues. John Hopkins University has a study. Studies have found out that the act of forgiveness, this is what is written in one of their papers. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, and reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. There is another statement they have put in their research. And research points to an increase in the forgiveness health connection as you age. So the elderly, please take extra effort in forgiving so that you will have a long life. Yeah? I want to tell you that there is no spiritual benefit for keeping unforgiveness. There is no physical benefit also for being in an attitude of unforgiveness. Point number three. Why should we be forgiving? Because the, uh, the scripture says it is inevitable that offenses come. Luke chapter 17 verse 1 says, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible. All things are possible with God. But this God says, actually, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. So God has a special place for who is making, causing the offense. Yeah? We are very happy about that. Yeah? Because most of the time, actually, when we try to forgive, we are asking God, what are you going to do to him, Lord? Yeah? Show how you are going to treat him. God, uh, show your justice on him. Yeah? Let God handle that. Yeah, let God help because we want to forgive based on that. Yeah? The Bible says it is inevitable 
or it is impossible that no offenses should come. Somehow, we sometimes step into that perfect world. Even though we hear the preaching that the world is not perfect, <coughs> the church is imperfect, people are imperfect, yet somehow we believe that everything will happen perfectly in my life. That's not going to happen. The scripture says, offenses will come wherever you go. Even if you are the only person in that island, offense will sometimes come via Zoom. Yeah? The Bible says it is impossible that no offenses should come. That is why it is important for us that we need to learn to overcome offenses. Forgive, move on, forgive, move on. The offenses that come, we should be able to just put it to a side and overcome and move on. The scripture is asking us to use wisdom not to spoil your life because of an instance. Do not spoil your life because of the inability to handle an instance. I want to talk to you today about how we can forgive. We are clear right now why we should forgive. We should forgive because it is a mandate of heaven. The scripture is not saying if you can think about forgiving your brother. No, no, no. You must. The word that is used is must. You must forgive. You should forgive. You have to forgive. And then the other verse talks about the consequence. If you are not able to forgive, the heavenly father also will not forgive you. So if we don't forgive, if we will not walk in love, spiritually in front of God, we are not in the right position. It robs our health. That is the second point. The third thing is actually, there is a great future that is ahead of us. There is a great life that is in front of us. Do not choose to be foolish by being stuck in an instance and then being unforgiving about that. Embrace the great future that God has for you by forgiving. Because when you forgive, you are once again believing that the Lord will take care of you. The Lord will take care of you. Oh, man did not take you seriously. Oh, he did not consider you. That person did not honor you. You are not depending on man. Because if you depend on man, you will be frustrated. But if you depend on God, you will be arrested in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can we forgive? First step to forgiveness is when there is an offense. You acknowledge there is an offense. You agree, oh, something that has happened. Sometimes in the believer culture or Christian culture, there is, a, there, is a, there is a culture to nullify and cancel everything. Oh, nothing like that happened. I did not cry. I did not fear. I did not have sleepless nights. No problem. But still the person is sulking for the next two, three months. A Christian walk is not canceling the truth or reality. Acknowledge that, okay, something like this happened and it is hurting me. It is hurting me. Go through what happened. Reflect what happened. Sometimes some people walk in denial. I have been instances in situations where the moment I think about it, it was hurting me at one point of time. Yeah? So because it was hurting, we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about it and we walk in denial. Nothing like that happened. Why? Because I'm adjusting my pain mechanism, handling mechanism. If I think about it, it is hurting. 
But if you don't deal with it, it will change your form. It will transform you in an ugly way, in a different way, in your spirit. So we need to deal it. Think through or reflect what has happened. I am using that word reflect. Don't meditate. We don't want to meditate on the hurt. Reflect what has happened. Think what emotions you went through when that happened. And believe that God is able to help you in this journey. First, when you reflect and acknowledge. The second thing is a fundamental step of giving that pain to Jesus. A lot of people get stuck in that first step. He did like like that. The the, the normal questions. He did like that. She did like that. Why did he like that? How did he like that? Um, uh, Did that? Who did um, uh, who helped him? All these questions. That is meditation. We don't want to get into meditation. Reflect what has happened and when you know what are the emotions that you went through, when you know what are the challenges that you went, you, when you, you went through during that situation, you give it to the Lord. You give that pain to the Lord. The point number two on how to forgive is give your pain to Jesus. Jesus, even if you are on the wrong side, He will not reject you. I want you to know that some people have a big time challenge in asking God for forgiveness because they know and they are thinking, hey, how come this happened from my side? How did I behave like this? I want you to know even if you are on the wrong side, the Lord, even if He doesn't say you are right, He will not reject you. He is committed to build you. He will not disown you. He will be on your side. I want to make it clear, even if He doesn't say that you are right, He will be on your side. Amen. He is going to help you. He is going to build you. The scripture says in Psalm 51:17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Yeah, sometimes when people <coughs> come to us doing the same mistake, we will say, in our land, Dev Andarikanda Pinnam. We already have those dialogues. He has come again with the same thing. I told that day, I predicted it. Yeah, I knew it. The Lord will not despise you. The Lord will not despise you. Sometimes we may not be able to handle some others' continual mistakes, but I want you to know that your heavenly Father will not despise you. He will not only despise you, He will heal you and He will help you. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Sometimes we think, oh, this wound is so deep. This wound is so deep. I want you to know God knows a further depth that your wound cannot reach. Hallelujah. God knows a further depth that your wound cannot reach. God will mend and heal you from the bottomest part of your wound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to the presence of God and tell God, I am hurting. This is painful. I'm going to give my pain to you. I remember certain instances wherein I sat in the presence of God. I was crying. I was trying to give that pain to the Lord. It didn't happen in our day. But I knew as days passed, 
as I gave my burden to the Lord, the Lord healed me. The Lord helped me. Even to look into that instance today, I know it was not a great instance, but I can speak or I can speak about it. I can think about it without being hurting about it. Amen? So continue to be in the presence of the Lord will not despise you. The Lord will not reject you. He will heal you. Point number three. Understand the offense. Try to understand the offense to the extent that you know. Some people are just so busy in thinking that actually the other person needs to be corrected. Or I didn't do good. I am good for nothing. And we need to, in the light of the scripture, with a healed heart. That is why I have kept this point number three. If you don't acknowledge it, if you don't give the pain to God, then if you try to understand it, it will be a skewed understanding. It would be an incorrect understanding. You need to try to understand that offense from a peaceful heart. From a stable spirit. Amen? So the scripture says, if some offense come into your life, I want to bring to your attention this precious scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 which says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God is making very clear in the scripture that if something has happened to you, if some person has been misbehaving to you or some offense has happened in your life, God knows it. Without His allowing, this cannot happen. And if He has allowed it, the scripture says, I don't know what you believe and I don't know what I believe. I don't know what others believe about you and that instance. But the scripture says, because God is faithful, you can bear it. Amen. Because God is faithful, you can bear it. You need to speak this into your life, that because God is faithful, because I trust in His ability, because I trust in His assessment, I am sure that He has gauged me right and I can handle it. I can bear it. Hallelujah. Some people are upset with God that their plans didn't work according to their ways. God has not given any such guarantee. In fact, God has clearly mentioned, your plans are way below than my plans. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. One of the major reasons why we get upset, we go to depression, we go to different kinds of disappointments is because we are great planners. I'm not bringing down the importance of planning but the Bible says commit your plans to the Lord Amen any plan you have any planning you do if you don't commit your plans to the Lord but you have an attachment to that plan and then you own that plan and then you rest over that plan like Holy Spirit rested over the waters and the, in, in chapter 1 yeah? if you try to think everything about your plan one day when it doesn't happen you are going down spiral but whatever plan you have if it is birthed in the Spirit, most often it will be from the Lord. The other plans that you have, I'm not saying that's wrong, but commit your plans to the Lord. Put it on the altar. 
that is this is the plan commit your plans to the lord and trust in him and the remaining portion according to my version he will come to pass if it is good for you he will bring it to pass if it is good for you if he doesn't bring it to pass it is still good for you because he is a god he is a father who is concerned about our goodness our what is best for us amen so some people when they are upset with god things didn't work their way i need to tell you that he is a perfect god if you humble down your plans may not be still approved but you will have peace because god is committed that we will move in the plans of god holy spirit is committed and staying in us in this earth today living inside of us so that we that the lord's sacrifice will have the maximum reward he will not give a guidance outside the lord's will so the best plan for us is to humble down before the lord and if we can say lord i'm not planning anything i love to follow you make plans and i know this from the scripture that you have plans for my prosperity i want to follow you some people are upset with people i want you to know that just like you and me everyone is imperfect some people are selfish because just like us their love score is negative just like us some people don't know how to mingle some people don't know how to do things the right way there is no point in keeping unforgiveness in our spirit the bible says forgive try to understand if things could have been done in a different way sometimes the husband and wife they have different temperament sometimes they have different revelations sometimes they have different ways of doing things some team members have different ways of doing things think understand from a peaceful spirit can something be improved so that this offense will not come again some people are upset with them they're not able to forgive themselves somewhere i believe they have a have a mindset that okay what oh, I, i just with that one thing i just lost my reputation my track record of godliness is went down i want you to know the scripture calls you imperfect god will forgive you will you forgive yourself some people when they repent they want to go back the whole journey and start from first sometimes it is connected to a perfectionism they want to show to god that i have a clean streak whatever you do you cannot have a clean streak you can only be cleansed by the blood of jesus repent resume 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 today if the lord is giving you a revelation humble your heart and resume repent resume from the point of godliness from where you need to take the next step forgive yourselves the lord will forgive you fourth point is to forgive wholeheartedly we saw from that scripture if you do not forgive wholeheartedly to your brother and your sister your heavenly father will do the same thing in malayalam it is little funny 
എന്റെ സ്വർഗസ്ഥനായ പിതാവ് അങ്ങനെ തന്നെ നിന്നോട് ചെയ്യുന്നു with what standard the scripture is nowhere talking about okay look to the that person and forgive the scripture is always asking us to look up and forgive colossians chapter 3 verse 13 bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone this talks about the colossians church this verse the scripture is not saying whenever you have complain against you know if Oh this is the house of God this is where the holy spirit resides if by any chance at any point of time you guys have one complaint the scripture says even as christ forgave you don't look at the person on the other end even as christ forgave you so you must also do you must can you tell your neighbor you must the scripture is helping us to understand forgiveness is not to the person on the other end even if we are forgiving him the account is handled between you and god forgive as the lord forgave you ephesians chapter 3 verse 4 verse 31 to 32 says let all bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as god in christ forgave you there is no mention of the other person there is no mention of whether you were right or wrong there is no mention of who was the pastor who was the sheep there is no mention of whether someone was an unbeliever or a believer the all it talks about is whether you have been forgiven if you believe you have been forgiven just replicate that to the other person show the other person that i have a forgiving father show the other person that i have been forgiven amen and the last point keep low expectation on man the bible says in jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the lord during the ministering time pastor to be touched based on it a lot of times we can we can definitely take help from people but the moment we depend on people we are desperate on people's help we depend so much on people then our focus moves away from god and then we will be centered on people the bible says such people are cursed I thought at one point of time it is okay to push people or control this control is I thought it's a very negative word it's a very neutral word actually what is control control is doing something so that I get the desired output I'm trying to control I want you to know that the greatest thing for which Jesus Christ died is our salvation do you know that the lord is not controlling us for that the lord is asking us will you accept me the only legitimate control that is allowed in the bible 
the fruit of the spirit is not controlling others but self control anything beyond you the scripture teaches us trust in god trust in god because the bible says in john chapter 15 that without abiding in me you cannot bear any fruit our spouse our teammates our children without abiding in the lord they will not be able to meet our expectations pray for them teach them how to abide in the lord inspire them because you are abiding in the lord you are able to be responsible as a child of god encourage them pray for them amen so i believe that i'm going to pray for you today hallelujah father father i want to thank you for this time I want to thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, I pray. I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing some instances into your spirit right now. Some of them you it was long ago and you have you had forgotten that. If the Holy Spirit reminds you, brings it to your remembrance. And if there is a forgiveness aspect connected to it, will you ask God first for forgiveness? and will you take a decision to forgive the people involved whether you are right whether you are wrong take a decision to forgive if it is about forgiving you ask god forgiveness and i love you to be forgiven you are not perfect i sense some of you are being delivered from that performance culture performance culture performance culture Oh it is good to perform or oh, let the lord glory in all your performances but that has to be through the grace of god every time the lord had his glory through you it was because of his grace and it is because you abide took a decision to abide in him stick on to the fundamentals oh thank you jesus I pray that there will be a move of the Holy Spirit in the church to forgive and to walk in love. Thank you for what you are doing. We declare that we will love people. We declare over the church that we will be a church that loves God unconditionally. We will be a church that shows the forgiveness of Jesus. Thank you. that marriage relationship should be strengthened that families be filled with the love of god we give you all praise and glory in jesus precious name we pray amen amen thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wscc.in